Hey, everybody. Uh, so Majora's Mask has been one of the most requested games for this podcast ever since we launched it four years ago. And I have made it abundantly clear to most of you that I fucking hate this game. I've tried to play the 64 version. I've tried to play the 3DS version. I've tried to play it on my Switch. I hate it. I don't get it. I'm never going to play through it. And the problem with not playing through it is I can't review it here on Remember the Game. Fortunately, I was away for holidays for a couple of weeks. And while I took off, my good friend and former Remember the Game Hall of Famer Mark McHugh and his brother Bradley, of whom I'm indifferent, uh, are both regular guests on the podcast. As you know, I handed the keys to the ship to them for one week only. And so I hope you all enjoy this very special edition of Remember the Game, where I will not be present at all, despite this quick uh, blurb, splurb, splurb, blurb. How am I only talking? I'm fucking talking for 30 seconds on this episode, and I still found a way to say something wrong. Uh, I'm going to do a quick shout out here to some new patrons, because if I don't do this before next week, there's going to be three weeks worth of Patreon to shout out and it's going to be a 20 minute segment so i'm going to quickly shout out our new patrons and say thank you all very much and then i'm going to hand the keys to mark and bradley you're still going to get your infamous intro with blowing in the cartridge play one remake one erase one game memories they're going to tell you what they've been playing then they're going to give you a nice beefy majora's mask review and then i'll pop in to get at the outro uh to say thank you and do a couple more shout outs okay if you are interested you can support our podcast at patreon.com slash remember the game where just two bucks a month is going to get you two additional podcasts every week. You're also going to get instant access to over 200 archived bonus episodes. There is a ton a fucking t- a ridiculous amount of content over there. Uh, if you're interested, uh, again, patreon.com slash remember the game. And over the last two weeks, we've had a ton of new subscribers. I keep saying the word ton. I haven't done a podcast in two weeks. I'm rusty. Shut up. So I'm going to quickly thank all of our newest subscribers. Fuck up a bunch of your names. And then Mark and Bradley are going to take over and uh, tell you about Majora's Mask. So a huge thank you to, get ready, this is going to be long. James Ellingham, I.C. Wiener, John Sisk, Kyle Mitchell, Gay Fish, Brandon Maddox, Brent Davis, Jerdy, Anna Luti Cabier, Brian McKinnon, James Williams, Arctic Fission, Normal Normie, Romaldo Marquez, Jason, Greg Smith, Jeremy Spale, Heath, Rocco Rebel, Connor McCann, Ky- Kelly Lee, Blair Chevrefils, Chev- Chev- sorry Blair, Travis Pontbriand, Nicholas Moser, Gunther, X Jude, Ryan, My Favorite Hot Dog, Brad Saltzman, Paul Felix, Edgar Arredondo, Ar- Arredondo, I hope I said that right, Arredondo, Daniel Dinoob, Drexington Von Greybeard, Rob Paul, Jake Curtis, Dustin Fenwick, Mark Naley, I'm Just Saying, Dominic, Peter, John Cry, Cody Skeen, Nick M- Macy, Brothers of Men, Phantom Owl, Brian Dice, Adam Maroli, T-Town Tiger, Chevy Boy 9211, Matt Die Draws, Curtis Murphy, Ben Molly, Josh Campbell, Darren Dickey, Streak of Grey, LMRGG, I, 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 I suck at this, Ethan Yang, and Chris Schultz. Thank you all so much. Welcome to the community, patreon.com slash remember the game. That's your only plug for this entire episode, at least until the outro. I'm going to fade out. The Majora's Mask music is going to fade in, and Mark and Bradley are going to tell you all about the game that I fucking hate. Enjoy a very special and unique episode of Remember the Game, and I'll be back in the host chair next week, everybody. Cheers.
Hello, welcome to another edition of Remember the Game. Uh, Adam Blank is out this week, so speaking right now, we've got Mark McHugh and Brad McHugh. How you doing, Brad? I'm doing great, buddy. How are you? I'm doing great. So the reason Adam Blank is out this week is because this week we are covering Majora's Mask, which is a game that Adam refuses to play because he's a fucking pussy. He's a baby. He's an absolute baby. <laughs> it's a great game. I don't know what his problem is. Uh, so, But before we get to Majora's Mask, we're going to be doing the world-famous intro. Hell yeah. Let's make it super long. Yeah, let's do it. Let's make it twice as long as it usually is. That's super funny if it's way longer, I think. And then we'll do like a 45 second conversation about Majora's Mask. And it'll be like, yeah, it's good. Okay, that's the episode. Bye. <laughs> yeah, because that's all really you can say about Majora's Mask. But we'll get to that later. All right, so let's first start off with the with blowing into the cartridge. He blows all right. He blows big time. That's it, honey. Get into the spirit. <laughs> Or blowing in the cartridge. Sorry. <laughs> I can't believe you've already fucked this up, Mark. I don't I I, I found a way. I found a way. We had, uh, we had one chance to do this. You've already fucked it up. And I also do want to point out that you're not supposed to blow into a cartridge ever. Like, that really hurts the game. Like, you're supposed to use, like, rubbing alcohol and Q-tips. But... directly into your game. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so our first blow from the cartridge comes from Thermopolis that says, A rare chance to ask the McHughes a question. Have either of you played Bug Fables? And if so, Ooh. what were your thoughts on it? Brad, did you play this game? Yeah, I did. Um, let's, uh, okay. So Bug Fables. I got this game last year. I bought it on Switch. Um, I like Bug Fables fine, I think. Um, it's kind of like part of like this new renaissance where people are like, oh, well, if they aren't going to give us the games we want, we're just going to make them, you know? Yeah, like um, we've been it, asking Nintendo forever for a new Paper Mario game like the old it one. It doesn't suck. And it's like, okay, well, I will say that the last one didn't suck, but like... It did suck. But like, it wasn't what we wanted. It was fun, but it was like, we know, you know what we want and you're still refusing to give it to us. Yeah, and so when we got Bug Fables, it was kind of like classic Paper Mario style. But to me, it's like, this is this is how I see it. Uh, you know, like, like during this renaissance, there was like Castlevania Symphony of the Night, and then there was Bloodstain, and then there was Banjo-Kazooie, and then there was Ukulele. But in most instances, the only instance I don't think that this applies to is Harvest Moon and Stardew Valley. But in most in instances... There's a pretty pretty significant drop in quality um, between, like, the actual games that are being emulated and the games that are coming out. I agree with that, but I will say that I thought that Bug Fables, like, it, it was still kind of its own thing. And I really, really appreciated what it was going for. Uh, it did... I, yeah, I, I like it, but I played 10 hours of it. I think it's like, how, how long is it? Like, 40 hours? Eh, something like that. I played 10 hours of it, and I was like, okay, uh, I get it. Like, I, I get what you're doing here. It's cute, but oh, see, I don't... I saw it through to the bitter end, and, like, I liked it, but there was, like, it did what uh, Paper Mario Thousand Year Door did, and that there's, like, a significant spike in difficulty right at the end, where it's like, ah, oh, man, now I've got to, like, walk all the way back and get more stuff so that I can, like try like at least have a fighting chance in this boss and you kind of have to grind your way through it and it's like 
the whole game's pretty fun, but then like it gets really super hard. Yeah, and like uh, on that on that topic as well, I actually recently played Paper Mario Thousand Year Door, and you are totally right about that game. Uh, even though I also said this in the podcast about Paper Mario Thousand Year Door, but like um, I played through it and I basically walked through the game. Like it's so fucking easy. I didn't die once. And then that last boss, I was drenched in sweat. It's really hard. It is. And it's like, I don't appreciate when the whole game is easy and then the last boss is impossible. Uh, and yeah. that's one of the many reasons. I actually do think the original Paper Mario is better than Thousand Year Door. Me but too. that might not be a very popular opinion. Okay, next question. How does it feel, from Laura Watermelon, how does it feel to hold the power for this episode and not have Adam interrupt you guys? And uh, feels pretty good. Feels pretty I good. I don't know, man. It's like it's gonna be like the same sort of thing. It's just gonna be Mark interrupting me instead of Adam. <laughs> Except so. I've been interrupting you my entire life. Okay, Mercury eighty six eight sixty nine says, "Hey guys, so I have a burning question to ask. Has your dad heard Adam laugh at his song? Because like that story broke him in half, and I just hope your dad is okay. Feel bad you- for him, kind of." Do you know this? Do you know an I because like I know he knows about it because yeah, him like, and I have talked about I've it. I told like I've told him like yeah your song got mentioned on the show and he was like oh okay cool like dad really doesn't seem to care that much about this song anymore. Yeah yeah well not only that but like my dad doesn't really give a shit about like too much anymore like when I, you can tell him something he'll just be like all right. So you for know, context. <laughs> For anybody who's like, this is their first episode of this show that they've ever heard, way back in an episode we were talking about Mario Strikers, I brought up that my dad wrote a song for the Canadian men's soccer team in 1984, and then it just didn't sell any copies, and the company that made it ended up going bankrupt. And Adam found it very funny, and that's the context of this question. And yeah, I think dad's kind of moved on from it. Yeah, I I, I think so too. Hey, just like on this topic though, have you played the new Mario Strikers game? I haven't yet, and like I, I, I want to. I, I haven't heard anybody talk about it, but like the reviews that I've read are either like this game is amazing, or they're like, dude, this sucks bad. And I'm like, I don't know who to believe. The things that I've heard about the game is like it's a great multiplayer game, but like if you're playing it by yourself, there's not much for you. Who would play a Mario sports game by themselves? I don't know. I, I play most games, but I like, and I find that most Mario sports games have something to do if you're playing by yourself. Because, like, I've probably logged a good 200 hours into the new Mario Golf game, but I don't think I've ever once played it by myself. Oh, that's fair. Okay. <laughs> Next question coming from Doug Dorn. This one's actually just for me, and it's be honest, Mark. Do you really like Mario is Missing? Or is it just to fuck with Adam? I have a copy that I found in my in-law's basement and I have yet to fire it up. Do I do it and risk eternal nation? Now, okay, this is a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. This was like one of the first games that I ever had as a kid. So like as a kid, played it a lot. I didn't know that there was such thing as bad games. And this isn't a game that's like ultra challenging. So like you get through the end and you're like, okay, yeah, that was a game. That said, like, I can still fire up this game, and it's like, ah, the nostalgia's back. And, again, I am going to stand by what I said in that original episode. The soundtrack to this game 
is fire. It's one of the best soundtracks you'll ever hear in a Mario game. So yeah, it's it slaps. I, I'd like to I'd like to chime in on this if if that's okay. How dare you? Yeah. How dare I? Um. So um, I actually have also an insane opinion about Mario is missing, and that like I unironically think it's a good game. Dude, uh, I think you, I think I, you just got banned from the Hall of Fame as well. I, I, oh, I've been. I've, I'm already banned. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> I'm already. It, it doesn't matter. I'm already banned. I'm sure. Um, but I, uh, I unironically like Mario is missing, and I, and I, and I have a few reasons why. Uh, number one is uh, the number one complaint that people have about Mario is missing is that it's educational and like. Uh, so fucking what? Like, who cares that that's what the basis of the game is? The game's still fun to play. Well, and that is, it worked as an educational game. It got me to learn about, like, the Trevi Fountain and, like, about Rome Absolutely. and New York City. All through the guise of, like, hey, here's a Mario game. Yeah, and, and it doesn't have on Mario-like uh, gameplay or mechanics. And that's not it's to like, say that the game is good. Like, to, like this is not to say that it's like a game you could pick up now and be like, man, this is like a wildly underrated gem. It's still an educational game with like a Mario skin on it. But like it does hold a certain place in my heart that will always, uh, and I'll always have it for that. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. And Chris Larkin says, I've always enjoyed the McHugh Brothers commentary. Your father's song will go down in Remember the Game History. Anyway, with that said, since Adam has some games that he hates slash won't play again, any games you guys don't like despite popular opinion? And Brad, I'll let you uh, I'll let you start with that one. Ooh, boy. Uh, I've got a few um, that I'll just I'll go through really quick. But there's one in particular that I really, really want to touch on. And it's a game that's super divisive. And you either hate it or you love it. And I'm in the former camp. And that is Final Fantasy VIII. Fuck that game forever. It is so unbelievably unfun. The amount of time it takes to play Final Fantasy VIII, your time would be equally utilized watching all of Riverdale. Like, it is that kind of melodramatic teenage garbage paired with gameplay that is not fun and is bad. Um, so Final Fantasy VIII is probably my big one. That's the one with Squall Lionheart, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, and, like, I guess the biggest problem with that one is it had, like, the unpleasant job of following Final Fantasy VII. Correct, that's true. And and granted, Final Fantasy VIII is a better-looking game than Final Fantasy VII. I'll give you that, I suppose. I, that's about, I, I guess. Uh, for I, me, That's about as much as I'll give you. And for me, my answer for this is far more current. I recently picked up Elden Ring because it was getting tons of, like, 10 out of 10s across the board. And I was, like, people are being like, one of the best games of all time. So I'm like, okay, well, I've got to give, give this a shot. I've never been able to get into From Software games, like the Dark Souls games. I'm just like... Oh man, they just keep getting killed right away. Uh, this is and it that loses its appeal to me really quick. But like again, people are being like one of the best games ever made for this one. So I'm like, okay, I'm well, gonna pick it like, up. And, and for me, like I I completely agree. I haven't played Elden Ring, and to be honest, I really don't have much interest in it. Um, you know, I've played some Dark Souls games, and I played um, Sekiro. Um, 
and I just don't get a lot of enjoyment out of that. So I just stop playing it, and people are like, "Oh, you're just not good at it," and it's like, "Yeah, I know." No, that's one hundred percent. People are like, "Well, you gotta get good," and it's like, "Well, no, I don't gotta. I'm I'm just gonna it's not like, do that." Actually, it's, it's like I'm just gonna pick up a Zelda or a Mario game and be good immediately. All right, yeah, I, I don't I, got time for this shit anymore. Well, and like I I I even reached out to like my Facebook friends, being like, "Okay, I I don't get Elden Ring. What am I doing wrong? What am I supposed to do?" And I got a lot of <laughs> comments that are like. Well, you know, it doesn't get fun for, like, a little bit, but you gotta, like, do all of this boring shit right off the top. I'm like, no, I'm not gonna do that. Like, if the game it's isn't the fun, I'm not going to fucking force it to be fun. So they're, I, like the, they're like the video game equivalent of when somebody recommends a show to you, and then they're like, the first season's a little tough, but after that, it gets really good. Well, it's, it's like, not for me, it doesn't. Like, uh, <laughs> is Game of Thrones good? Apparently, it's one of the best shows of all time, but I'll never know because that first season was so boring. Oh, I actually disagree with that, but that's a different thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. I have no interest in Elden Ring. I don't care about Dark Souls um can i can i add one more before we move on from this question why are you I, asking I, me my permission <laughs> because i don't know you're the guy with the board and shit you're the guy actually at the microphone and yes shit. i will grant anyway. i will grant it i will grant yeah. you permission to say one more thing <laughs> thank you lord um i also and i think this one is just me is that i i have a huge amount of trouble getting into the halo games and i've tried so many times, so many. I've beat Halo 3, eh, eh, and I beat Halo Reach, eh. I've played, like, most of Halo 1 and 2 and give up because I just, I just get so fatigued of that kind of gameplay, and, like, I get how someone could love it, but it's just Call of Duty in space, and I just, like, don't care. The only time I've ever played Halo is I was invited over to a friend's house for a LAN party, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. Were weird. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah, this sounds fun. Nice show up. And, like, I'm the only person there that has never played this game before. Everybody else at this game is like, are, like, Halo tryhards. And I'm just like, oh, okay, so this is going to be zero fun for me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, moving on. It's mail time. What was that song from Blue's it's, Clues? It's little time, letter time. No, no, that's Adams. Fuck that. What was the song that, like, on Blue's Clues? Oh, uh, we just got a letter. We, we just got, got a letter. letter. We just got, we just a, got a letter. Wonder who, who it's from. It's from Nomad. <laughs> and his question is, I'm an only child and I want to know what it's like to have a brother who's also a gamer growing up. What's one of the oh. best gaming memories you two share? Maybe an oh. accomplishment or a feat that couldn't have been done alone. Uh, man, I gotta be honest here. Like, just being straight up nomad i'm really sorry to like have to inform you of this but like it's just fucking awesome it rules it rules <laughs> it rules so much and i'm really sorry you didn't get the the experience but you missed out yeah, on having so much a brother who's also into video games growing up and uh bo and both you and our other brother who's now not really yeah. a gamer there is but, a like, third there up, is a third McHugh brother who's like he he gamed growing up but he doesn't do it much anymore because he's a big fancy lawyer and stuff yeah, he's like the third Hemsworth. He doesn't really show up, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> um, I um, My answer for this probably would be was not just like the three of us, but like our dad used to play Diddy Kong Racing with us. And that was oh, the game we would all dude. play together. Yeah. A few years ago, um, 
uh it, it, it must have been i think it was 2015 like it was like seven years ago i was coming home for christmas and so i was like oh you know it would be fun if i brought my nintendo 64 at diddy kong racing and we all played it together again like we did as we were kids but it had been like 20 years since we played so um i brought it and we put it in and i was like okay so dad used to kick kick the shit out of us but like we're all we're gamers now and we play video games all the time absolutely not it was like he was lapping us he was laughing us it was embarrassing dude dad's great like dad is great at the kart racing games like he's yeah. also he's, really yeah, good, good at mario, mario kart, kart. And, yeah and that's the thing like as a family like we we play games together and that's how we like it like spend time together because like we live it we all live in different cities so like the thing we'll do is we'll have like family game nights where we're all we all play together online um i think that probably some of the best gaming things that you and i do together is i just love one like we do to this day we'll just be like hey what are you doing let's play some splatoon together or something yeah uh or my favorite one to play with you is mario world um because you can play that online now because when we were kids I think I think we played through Mario World, including all 96 levels, like minimum 50 times as as brothers. And so that's one that like has always stuck with me. Link to the Past, we've played through together a lot of times, too. I like um, that one. I I like the I like doing Mario World more just because we don't have to like manually pass the controller. Yeah. Well, uh, I actually I have a, I have a really a really great story. Um about like a video game achievement that I made with my brother and I'm going to tell it, but, it, but it's not you. It's our other brother. Um, oh, well, thanks. <laughs> my favorite, like one of my favorite gaming moments with a brother, sorry, Mark, I, I hate to do this, but uh, was one time I must've been 12, 13, maybe me and my other brother decided at like 10 PM on a Friday that we were going to go get coffee and we were going to stay up all night and back and forth the entirety of the first Paper Mario game. And we did. We were up until, I think it was like 1130 in the morning and we beat Paper Mario. Yeah, I, rem I remember that. I wasn't invited. Oh, Mark, I'm sure you were. <laughs> no, I think that I actually think I was living out of town at that time. But yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yes. so we're going to be moving on to play one, remake one, erase one. All right, what do we got on? What do we got on deck? I didn't check the Patreon because I'm a piece of shit who doesn't do his homework. Okay, so uh, so for those who this is the your, your first episode, what it is is we pick three games. One of them we've got to remake. One of them we just leave it as it is because it's fine, and the other one. Is it's gone forever. It's fucked. Uh, and this one, it, it sounds like a tough one, but there is a right answer. And it's Mario 64, oh Ocarina God. of Time, Fuck. and Banjo-Kazooie. Now, oh my God. sounds like a tough one, but there is a right answer. Now, let's there take a look no at answer. what... Let's take a while. I bet you and I, I bet you and I have the same answer, but let's let's see what the Patreon said first. Thirty-four percent people said that they would play Mario sixty-four, remake Ocarina of Time, and erase Banjo Kazooie. Uh, Doogie says, "Question about that? Yeah, uh, why would you remake Ocarina of Time? It, it just it just got remade. It just got remade eleven years ago, Brad. Holy fuck! That was eleven years. That was ago? eleven years ago." 
All God right. Damn it. Okay, so, I retract let, my statement. So before we get into the correct answer, which we will be getting into, Doogie oh. says he plays Ocarina of Time because I just remember being in awe the first time I play this. I haven't really first true through. It was really first true 3D open world RPG game I played, and I sunk so many hours into it. I haven't played it in years, but I could go back and give it another run now remake banjo because come on it's fucking banjo this game is a blast and it would be so fun playing with new graphics and control enhancements quite frankly i'm pissed that has it hasn't happened already i said erased mario 64 and part of me didn't want to since it was the first 3d mario game and set the stage for amazing titles that followed but i went back and played it not too long ago and while it was fun and enjoyable i couldn't help but get pissed off about the controls and shitty camera still 25 years later love you mario but i had more fun with banjo and ocarina of time something's gotta go and it's a you mario i just like the way that that was written yeah i just like the way that was written uh, That's pretty clever. Vaughn says, erase Super Mario 64 because I played the game to death. Second, play Banjo because I've never played it and it looks like a blast. And lastly, remote make Ocarina of Time with a better camera, uh, connected areas without loading screens, better graphics. Uh, Ocarina of Time could truly become a masterpiece. And you know what? Fair. I do like that one. Uh, yeah, I agree. Bucky I, Duck. I like, granted, I love all three of this these games, so it's kind of a tough one. Uh, and we'll read one more before we get into our answer. And it's Bucky Duck says, Sadistic. Adam, this is like telling me to play one, to play one, remake one, erase one, and choose between my three kids, which you definitely yeah, have an answer. Is, if you have three kids, you definitely have an answer of, for this. Yeah, this is the Sophie's choice of play one, a remake, a one, erase one. And you know what? It sounds like a tough decision, but there is a right answer. Uh, I have great memories of all these games. I would play Banjo, remake Ocarina, because I think modern controls and graphics would really benefit that one. Breath of the Wild style, yeah. And erase Mario 64. I do love it, but I had to pick. I guess this would be the one to go. And I still have Galaxy and Odyssey. Um, so, what? What's? I think we have the same answer for this. What's your answer? All right, so, it's like, I... I... Uh, you said the game's allowed, and the answer came to me clear as crystal. Yes. Um, I'm playing Ocarina of Time. Yep. Uh, I'm playing Ocarina of Time because Ocarina of Time is an excellent game. It did get the remake, um, but uh, I think you and I have argued about this before, but I don't think that there's a discernible quality difference between the N64 and the 3DS version of Ocarina of Time. I besides, would disagree. Besides, besides the Iron Boots in the Water Temple. I, I think there's a lot that the remake did that, like, just little things that the remake did that made the game 100% better. But but I also think it is just that. It's just little things. Um, but I can still go back and play the N64 version and absolutely love it. It's on the Switch Online. I actually played it a couple of months ago. Really, really fun. I, I powered through it in, like, a day because it's a really good game. So, so we agree. We're playing Ocarina of Time. What we're are we erasing, Ocarina. Brad? What are we erasing? God damn it, Mark. I can't believe Adam is doing this and he's making me say these words aloud. But, like, let's get Mario 64 the fuck out of here. Yep. That's exactly. And you know what? I, nothing against Mario 64. Love Mario. I played it yesterday. And you know what? Still a great game. Uh, there it's fun, are. But it, little... didn't, it didn't age super well. There are little things. Like, first of all, the yeah. camera is a pain in the ass. The Bowser fights are like. 
stupid. The Bowser fights are stupid. They're not really that fun. The, and the yeah, weird that, thing I, I agree, noticed... that's kind of the problem. The weird thing I noticed yesterday is, like, the absolute <laughs> lack of fanfare that you get when, like, okay, you get 70 stars, you unlock that, like, uh, endless hallway, or the endless staircase that sure. has been pissing you off. You get to the top, and there's a picture of Bowser and a whole... There's not, like, a great big throne room or anything. Again, this is the entrance to the final level, and all it is is a picture of Bowser on a wall and a hole in the floor. And, like, this is supposed to be the top of the castle. You'd expect something a little bit more, right? Sure, but I, I, I think you should have jumped into the painting of Bowser because that would have been indicative of the rest of the game. Um, as well, the, the hole is just kind of bizarre, I agree. But you know what? You know what really is, like, the big thing for me with what you're talking about is that... Um, of the three Bowser levels that are in the game, that third one is by far the easiest of the three and the least fun. Uh, I don't and know if I agree with that. Uh, the second one is is a pretty big pain in the ass. So, the yeah. second one's the hardest of the three, for sure. I would say that, that the third one is is harder than the first one, but like I, I get your point. You know what I hate? I think... <laughs> I think that the reward given to you for going be above and beyond and getting 50 more stars than you need to get to finish the game and getting all 120 of them just to get 99 lives to use on, I don't know, you got all the stars, so I don't know what you're using that on. Yeah, and that's, that's what I don't like. And Well, I guess that's the big challenge in games in general is like, how do you find a way to reward 100% completion? Because you're done. What Like, what yeah. now? Absolutely. I agree. I recently 100%ed Spider-Man, and, I, and I, I don't remember 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure I just got like, like a little screen, like a little thing on the screen with text that was like, congratulations. And I was like, oh, okay. Whereas, cool. like, but a game like that, like, get it, you accidentally got to 100% in that game just because you were having so much fun playing that. Not Correct. every I also, star. I also 100% in Miles Morales, also, by accident. That's a much, much shorter game, though. Mario yeah, 64, like, not every single star in that game is fun to get. In fact, yeah, some of I them agree. are wildly unfun to get, so I never get them. I don't, I usually don't get beyond like the first set of levels. I usually don't get the hundred coin star because it's just like annoying. Yeah, a hundred percent. So that leaves us remaking Banjo-Kazooie and like, Absolutely. oh my God, Banjo-Kazooie does everything that Mario 64 does better. Like it's a ripoff, but it's a great ripoff. There's, um, there's a guy on YouTube who has been showing like... In, uh, just showing like screenshots and like videos of what a remastered Banjo Kazooie in Unreal Engine 5 would look like. And like, I would never buy an Xbox. I do not care about anything coming to Xbox right now. I watched Xbox's 90 minute thing and was Me just too. like. And I was watching, I was like, hoping that we'd hear something about a new Banjo or something that I cared about. I don't know. It, was, it just it feels like they have nothing. So I would not buy an Xbox um, Series X or Series S. However, you announced that a new Banjo game is coming to that console exclusively. It's bought. It's bought in 24 hours. Even if you said a remake of the original was coming to Xbox exactly. exclusively, I'll be like, well, 
uh, I guess, like, maybe not right away, but eventually I'll have to pick up an Xbox. Yeah, I guess I'm getting an Xbox. But until they do that, I don't care. I'm not going to buy a Series S or a Series X. I heard they're good. They're just like, there's nothing that 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 the Series X or S can give me that I can't get from a combination of my Xbox One and the PS5. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, and, and so if you if you're more... one of the people that are like I want to see what a banjo remake would look like there is a, a creator on YouTube they're called Project Dream and yeah. they've remade like they show you like what a remastered remade banjo kazooie would look like in Unreal Engine and it is just hook it to my fucking veins dude it's it's a, and they recently did like a video of what a banjo 3e would look like in unreal 5 where they created new assets and new areas levels etc and that is also banging and i just want to be clear like i don't count the banjo car game as a banjo like that one does not count oh nuts and bolts it's pretty bad now, yeah i've heard that it's like a pretty good car game but it's not a like like i've tried it and i'm just like this is not what i was hoping for this this game uh- would be at all I've tried to play it a few times. I usually get like 10 hours in and I'm like, oh, no, no, this is not it at all. <laughs> Whereas I've, just, I've heard people who have never played a banjo game play it and being like, oh, yeah, it's a pretty fun car game. And it's like, maybe yeah. it is, but it's not what I want. It's like, exactly. It's like the new Paper Mario games that they keep putting out. It's pretty fun, but not what I want. Like, Rareware could have put like any other property on that. Like, that could have been like, I don't know, drumstick nuts and bolts, and I would have been like, this is tight. This rules. You know? Whereas, like, but... Rareware, what, like, I like. don't get me wrong, the, the pirate game looks fine. But it's okay. I've played it a lot. It's okay. There's so much wasted potential there. Like, there's so, like, like, where's our other, where's our banjo game? Where's our next, yeah, where is the, like, new conquer also, game where is it's like also there's worth so noting um it's also worth noting that microsoft or not microsoft bethesda when they announced elder scrolls 6 gave it a tentative release date of 2022 um and that's certainly not happening but like xbox you, you have to give us something for sure I mean that new space game looks fun. Like uh, Starfield looks pretty good. I don't know. But like I'm not. I after Cyberpunk and No Man's Sky, there's no way I'm going out and buying a whole new console to play a new IP. No yeah, matter who's no, making it. No, that's one of those ones. It's like I'll wait for the bugs to be fixed, maybe for it to be ported to PS5. Because they've never said that it's not being ported to PS5. So we'll see. It, it just like like and granted, Starfield looks fun. It didn't grab me a lot, but it just looks like they were like, take Elder Scrolls and make it uh, and make it Mass Effect also. And it's like, uh, okay, I guess. And set it in space, and apparently it has thousands of planets. But then, like, I read an interview the other day. It's like, it has thousands of planets, but only four cities. And it's like, okay, so, like, these are all More just like... Thousands of planets. Yeah, the thousands of planets all empty except for cool. All right, so we are going to be talking about Majora's Mask today. But before we get into more Majora's Mask, let's hear what you guys have to say about Majora's Mask. First, uh, Laquica says, "Oh my God, I love this game. I remember coming home from school and my brother was playing Zelda, but it sure as hell wasn't Ocarina of Time. The game was dark, sinister, and so so fun. God damn." 
I wish I could go back and play it again for the first time. Still one of my favorite Zelda games ever, purely because there's nothing else like it. And yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, I'm so, dude, I'm so excited to get into Majora's Mask. Oh, oh, look quick, that, that, that mm, beautiful comment. Yes. Lovely. Uh, Kiyoshi says, I want to like Majora's Mask so badly, but I can't help but feel it would live forever on the list of Zelda games I never completed. Skyward Sword was on that list as well until the Switch port with the Pro Controller support. Wii motion controls are the worst. Every time I, I try- Skyward Sword's so bad. You know what? I love Skyward Sword, but it's forever going to be tied to that, like... It's forever going to be tied to the controls, so it's like, I'll never love it, like, completely. Grant, you know what, granted, granted, I haven't played the Switch port, and if you truly can play it with the Pro Controller, that that actually does sound appealing to me. You can, but it's still a little bit awkward. Like, it's still uh, fun, like, okay. it's still, it's fun, and it's better than the Wii Remote, but it's still kind of awkward. I was, I was playing, um, what was I playing the other day? Um, I was playing, oh my god, what the hell? I was like halfway through a thought, and it was, oh, I was playing Twilight Princess the other day. Um, but right now, uh, all I have is the Wii version of Twilight Princess. How? And how have you got, how, like, what has happened in your life where the only version of that you have is the Wii version? Well, I never got the Wii U version, and I had the GameCube version, but the GameCube version was worth a lot of money, and I had to pay tuition this year. So I don't have the GameCube uh, version anymore. I would never um, be able to do the Wii version. Like, just because, like, I've been playing the GameCube, like, and it's completely flipped 360. It, so, like... it almost feels like a different game, and I'm actually kind of enjoying it for that, but the motion controls are annoying. Yeah. And then DevLux says, Oh my god, I fucking love this game, and fuck your opinion, Adam. It really bothered me, but I was like, hey... Let the tasteless be tasteless and enjoy my masterpiece of a video game to my number six game of all time. At least Brad and Mark will do it justice. Which, on that note, let's do this game some justice. Wait, wait, wait. We, we didn't do what we've been playing. Oh, yeah. Okay, what have you been playing, Brad? Oh, I can't believe I brought this up and, and did this because uh, not much, actually. Uh, I'm actually... <laughs> <Why? here. laughs> Right now I'm in like a like a sim I'm in like a sim mode where like all I want to play is like building games and sim games. Dude, there's um, nothing wrong with a good sim game. Yeah, so I've been playing um Roller Coaster Tycoon 3 on Switch. It's not the best port I've ever have played, played, but the game's fun. Have you played Planet Coaster yet? No, and I'm glad you brought it up because I was actually going to text you about it the other day cuz it's not on Game Pass anymore. Um so I'm wondering if it's worth the money. If you like Roller Coaster, it's the Roller co Coaster Tycoon 4 that we've been waiting for because it was made by the same team. It's just, I think Atari owns the rights to the name Roller Coaster Tycoon or something like that. It is the game that we've been waiting for. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I've been playing that. I've been playing Zoo Tycoon. And as always, this will always be my answer when what you're playing. I am always playing Stardew Valley. At all times, I am playing Stardew Valley. You can assume always I'm playing Stardew Valley. So, like, my girlfriend and I have been listening to a lot of podcasts together. And generally yeah. when we listen to podcasts together, I'll throw on a game that, like, I know backwards and forwards so that I can listen to it. And she's super into, like, Rubik's Cubes right now. So we'll both yeah. do our thing and listen to, like, we'll listen to, like, a podcast about, like, you know, we're, right now we're learning about Watergate. And that's fun. 
Uh, and so right now I'm, I just played through Mario 64 again. And right now I'm playing through Rayman Legends. Which... Ooh, I love... I, I gotta play Rayman Legends again. That game is so good. I think it's one of the best... It's one of the best platformers. Yeah, totally. I, I completely agree. I have it on Switch, and I haven't touched it since I bought it, so I should just, like... I should just do that. And on top of that, I'm also playing The Last of Us again because it's one of my favorite games. Never played it. Never played it. So that's, that's, one, that's probably that and like Red Dead Redemption 2 are probably like the two biggest holes in my gaming resume. You know what? Red Dead Redemption 2, it was fun, but like because I play like a total shithead, I didn't get the good ending. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> and like that's how I play Rockstar games. Like somebody's like mouths you off on the side of the road and you're like, "Well, I'm not going to take this disrespect in this fic from this fictional person in this completely yeah, got... hypothetical video game." Yeah, because, like, I've, I've played the game, but I've just never beat it because, like, I get to a point where you can realistically just fuck around. And so I just fuck around, you know? Like, yeah. um, I, I spent, like, God, it must have been, like, 45 minutes one day I spent um, just trying to learn how to ride my horse at a very specific way that I could jump off my horse just as a train was hitting so that I would live, but the horse would get hit by a train. I spent like a long time doing that. That sounds like a good use of an afternoon. Correct. And I'm definitely not a psychopath. <laughs> but that's the thing. Rockstar games make you feel like a psychopath. Like, does anybody play Grand Theft Auto and it like completely follows all of the rules of the road being like, well, it's a red light and I have to stop. Otherwise, oh, there's a cop and he will pull me over and I just don't have the money for a ticket this month. Yeah. I, I, and that's like another series that like I have a few holes in my video game resume, like Grand Theft Auto 3 I've never played through. Um, however, I have played through Grand Theft Auto 4 and 5, and uh, 4 is just the, it's just the best. Grand Theft Auto 4 is just the best. It's so good. I have never finished the story in Grand Theft Auto 5. It's just one of those games that I throw on when I'm stressed. I put on all of the cheat codes, and yeah, I'll let your imagination fill it in from there. Yeah, you shoot up a hospital. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I gotcha. So, let's get into Majora's Mask. We'll uh, cue, let's cue up some music here. Beautiful. Classic. All right, Majora's Mask. Uh, I'm going to let you give, you give your thoughts on this first. Okay. Um, so uh, we're just going to dive right into this, I suppose. Uh, Majora's Mask has a lot of things that I really like. Um, but on this most recent playthrough, um, I found there was a little bit of stuff that I didn't like. However. Now, did you play the, the 3DS or did you play the N64? Well, I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. Um, I, I purposely played the N64 version um, for two reasons. Number one, I knew that you were playing the 3DS version, and I wanted to contrast the differences. And number two, I do not own the 3DS version, 
So I played the Switch version. Really? You don't Switch own the online. 3DS version? I do not. Uh, that was that was a game that um, I did at one point own. However, it was a shared game uh, with an ex-girlfriend, and she has it now. So, Okay, well, that's heartbreaking. I know. Sad. Sorry, guys. I didn't mean to open this up with a sad story. That's no, like, it's lo- fine. That's it's like, like losing a child in a divorce. That's worse than that, actually. Yeah, a child you can replace. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that's true. I guess you could just make more. But um, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not so hard. I, any idiot can make more kids. Not any idiot can make more Majora's Mask 3Ds. So the first thing I want to address is the biggest complaint because Majora's Mask is mostly beloved, but it's a little divisive because there are people like Adam who uh. Uh, don't get it, which is fine. It's like, fine to I, just like be of a lower intellect. That's totally I fine. I would understand um, why somebody might not like this game, for sure. Yeah, totally, totally. However, for me, um, for me, it feels like like this game feels like like a like a Stanley Kubrick film, like A Clockwork Orange or like Two Thousand One: A Space Odyssey. Oh, see, I hate because- both of those movies, so that's not a good comparison for me. That's those. That's insane opinion, but we'll move on from that for the time being. Um, but those two movies, in my opinion, are like movies that might feel off-putting upon a first time in experiencing it. But with enough time spent with it, you're like, oh, I, I really get it. I really get what's happening here, and it's brilliant. And Majora's Mask is totally that. I think, I think it took to the third time I played through it to really kind of get it. Um, and to really, really like enjoy and experience what it is Nintendo was was kind of wanting me to experience. Um, it's also worth noting that I, this could be wrong, but I do believe that this was the first Zelda game in the main franchise um, to be directed by someone besides Shigeru Miyamoto. I think Link's Awakening was directed by someone else. Yeah, I but think I think you're right. I think Link's Awakening might be the first, but that was. But because... like, I, I almost consider that like a side game because it was just like it was just something they put on the Game Boy. Um, but this is like a big, like huge budget mainline console mainline entry that was directed by Ig Ig Awanuma. Yeah, and uh, it's just been it's just been gold ever since. Because then he made Wind Waker and Twilight Princess, which are both phenomenal. Now, this um, game had like the unenviable. It was in the unenviable position of having to follow Ocarina of Time, and when that came out, it was like, oh my god, greatest game of all time. So like, how do you, like, as we talked about earlier, how like remember when we were talking about uh, Final Fantasy VIII, and we we're like, man, yeah. that game sucked, but to be fair, it did have to follow Final Fantasy VII. Uh, this is how you do a, follow a game like Majora's or uh, like Ocarina of Time. Because yeah, it's, this game rose to the occasion. Because I remember picking this game up and being like, "Oh, it's a direct sequel to Ocarina of Time." I want like, and again, like I had put a thousand hours into Ocarina of Time, so I was like, "Okay, let's see what this." And it was the complete opposite of what I thought it was going to be. Totally, C- completely. And um, I wanna I wanna address something um, about about this game because. Uh, anybody who's anybody who talks about this game online, if they don't like it, they always have the same two complaints about the game. And, and they're, not, kind of, they're not unfair complaints. 
I, I, yeah, I don't think they're unfair complaints, but I think I disagree with them. Um, the number one thing is the time limit. People don't like that you have the 72-hour time limit. I get it, but I also never felt strapped or stressed for time, and it added an additional, like, looming, looming danger um, to the game. Yeah, it's, so like it's like every other Zelda game, it's kind of like, oh, here's the big bad guy, and they're going to fuck some shit up. And then you're like, okay, cool. I'm going to fuck around for a while. And then during that time, they're absolutely not going to fuck up any shit. Like, again, yeah, like don't get me wrong. Like Breath of the Wild, one of my favorite games of all time. But the game tells you off the bat, like, hey, man, Ganon's coming back and he's going to do some bad stuff. So you better hurry and go fight him. But then you don't. The whole game, the whole point of the game is to fuck around and have fun. And then whenever you get to Ganon, that's when the final fight starts. It's, it's never. Like this is a game Zelda. where it's like okay no you can't fuck around because that thing is going to drop zelda is like in the castle in breath of the wild and she's like talking to you telepathically and she's like please link hurry i can't hold him much longer and while and while that's being said a korok is going ah you found me and you're like great that's the 800th one perfect <laughs> Uh, yeah, she's like, she's like, are you really collecting fecal matter from Koroks instead of helping me with this? And she's like, yeah, because like nothing's not nothing is going to happen until I get to the fucking castle. Yeah, exactly. Um, whereas with Majora's Mask, it does feel like and the reason I like the 72 hour time limit and actually a big part of why I like this game is that, well, Ocarina of Time felt like sort of like choreographed and like and like art like it just felt like architecture with where the buildings were where the characters were and what they said majora's mask feels lived in uh, oh it absolutely does like all of the characters feel real like they're all on a schedule whereas like and, you go to you go to kakariko they... village in uh in uh ocarina of time and, like, the construction workers are just running back and forth. They're not really doing anything. Whereas you totally. go to this game, everybody has, like, their task that they're doing uh, on their schedule. And it's super, super interesting. And it makes every character, like, every character has something that's a little bit interesting. Or, like, a little bit fucked up or a little bit dark. And one of my favorite details that I've never noticed until I recently played is... Yeah. People talk about, like, the Anju and Kaifi side uh, side quest is the best side quest. I disagree. I think that I the, the Romani Ranch is the best part of the game. And yeah. I noticed okay. something on the third day when you talk to, like, the younger sister. She's like, oh, my big sister is going to let me drink the adult milk tonight. And it's like, oh, my God. She's getting her little sister drunk because she knows they're going to die. Yeah, like this game has a lot of weird stuff like this. Like even Andrew and Kafai, uh, that side quest is like they're getting married at midnight, like six minutes before the end of the world because they simply don't, they want to spend eternity with each other. And that's, that's haunting. And that's beautiful. And Ocarina of Time doesn't do anything like that. Ocarina of Time is a big epic story that's a lot of fun. But this game, like, like as far as the story goes, it's a little bit deeper. As far as the gameplay goes, it's a little bit deeper. And that's what yeah, I appreciate. I, I, I also have some complaints about the story, and we'll, we'll, we'll get to that later. But, like, for the most part, I totally agree. The, the game feels like you're participating in its events. A hundred percent. But at the same time, it doesn't, like... 
whenever like anybody talks to you, they don't really like they're not like, oh, look, it's the hero. It's like, what the fuck do you want, kid? I'm busy with the thing. Yeah, it's like it's like it doesn't matter how long you've been playing the game. You are always somebody who has arrived in this town in the last three days. I still have no idea how this game got made. Like, like, like there's no other game like this. How do you go to Nintendo and being like, hey, uh, you know that big game that we just made that sold a billion copies? Well, I'm going to do a direct sequel and it's going to be about death. Uh, I know how you I know how you pass that. Uh, you tell Nintendo that you can make it in under a year. Yeah, and that's... Uh, I think it was, like, two years that they ended up needing for this game. Something like no, that. It, no, it was it was one year. This game was made in one year. Because this... No, but, like, didn't Ocarina come out 97? This game's 2000? Uh, Ocarina of Time came out 98. And this game is 2000. However, it came out in April of 2000 in japan which means that even if they started um because it was november of 1998 ocarina of time came out even if they started the day after ocarina of T time came out that's still only 18 months but i don't believe they did i think they came up with the idea a few months later okay yeah that's a pretty heavy crunch schedule and like you're never you don't see games made in that time period and like that short amount of space anymore and, like, yeah, yeah, they saved a lot of time by, like, reusing all of the old assets, which I think was smart. Because, Correct. like, now it's framed as, like, oh, this is this is an alternate universe. And that's the other thing about this game is, like, it's weird, and it continuously leans into the fact that it's weird. Abs oh, totally. And that's what I love so much about this game is that it is... It is a bizarre game to play and you have to calculate you have to calculate your actions differently than you would in any other video game in history. Like which is what makes it so special, I think. Well, and you don't like there aren't games that are like this anymore. Like there are games where you have to like consider time. Like we're both big fans of like the Persona games, which is like on a very like on a calendar, but like, there's not really a game like this where it's like, okay, you've got like 45 minutes to get something done. And then once that 45 minutes is up, uh, if you finished it, great. If not, you're fucked. That said, yeah. I have never been able to play this game without having to do the backwards uh, song of time. And that I, is, I do, I do it the second I emerge on the dawn of the first day, always. And that's a detail that's not like uh, like immediately obvious through playing the game. And that is kind of one of the shortcomings of the game is that there are mm -hmm. little things that make it a lot more playable and a lot more bearable that you might not necessarily know if you're playing it for the first time. There's also a few things about this game that I think and and um that I think do actually kind of inhibit it a little bit. Um, but I want to talk about the second big complaint that people have about Majora's Mask. And I specifically want to reference the Nintendo 64 version. Um, people are always complaining that uh, the N64 version has a lot of waiting. Yeah, in it. it does. And that's why the 3DS version is better. Um, but here's the deal is that I just played the N64 version. And if I'm being honest, I didn't really have an issue with that. Like I never really felt that at all about this game. Um, there was like a little bit of waiting, but it wasn't like enough to like sour the game or make me feel impatient. It was always like an organic amount of waiting that wasn't like insane and a lot. 
it was just fine because you can always get within six hours of where you need to be yeah but like and then but like even then that's six minutes right like that's six minutes of you not really playing a game where you're just sitting around waiting yeah yeah i i I mean i guess but like i just didn't really feel i just didn't feel inhibited by it at all like i didn't i didn't feel frustrated by it i barely even noticed it for the most part with the exception of like some of the stuff in the andrew cafe cafe quest I don't know how to say that word. Cafe, cafe. I think it's. I, don't know. I think it's cafe. I think it's. Cafe. I think right, that's what it is. I could be because again, these are words we just have read our entire lives. In a cafe, gotcha. Um, I just think that like, it just didn't really like like even in that quest, a lot of the things that you have to do, especially if you know that um, during that quest that you have to go and speak with the. Uh, the postman as well. You have to go to the the milk bar and the milk bar. Yeah. You have to go to the milk bar and you have to get uh, and go to the postman. All of that is kind of jam packed into like the same, like 12 to 16 hours. And so you're kind of just like running around and you don't really have time to sit around and, and wait during that quest, which is why that quest is really good. Okay, there um, is time but... you have to wait during that quest. And it's like the evening, like the evening of the final night where you're waiting around for the the uh, the thief to come back to his lair. Yeah, but even even that, like I, I think I think I must have got there like 30 seconds before the thief, so it wasn't it wasn't like that big of a deal. Um, so I didn't have an issue with this. Uh, so I want to talk about my absolute favorite part of this game. Um, and, and, and why I think this game is so special is that like side quest, side quests and main quests are interchangeable in this game well and that's like a great game like there are games like skyrim or breath of the wild where like playing a side quest is the same thing as playing the main quest yeah exactly and this game is like this and this game is like this because this game's riddled with side quests but you have to do them or at least you should do them um for the most part there's a few that you have to do yeah like Um, you have to like i think you have to do the aliens you i don't think that you do i think i don't think you have to do the aliens i think all you have to do is go and get opponent's song you might be right yeah uh, but even that required that, but defeating even the then, aliens but defeating even then, the aliens gets you the, the the milk bar mask which i don't think is required if i'm remembering correctly it's not required, but, like, you do have to, like, yeah, you have to be there on the first day, and you do have to talk to, like, the little Romani sister, who then tells you about the aliens. And then at that point, like, who's just like, well, I'm not going to do shit about the aliens. That doesn't sound fun at all. Okay, yeah, so that's exactly it. This is exactly what I'm talking about, where the concept of side quests and main quests just kind of melt into each other here. Because you're right, you don't, uh, like, even if you don't have to, to to do the aliens, you go and you get a Pona's song, and then she tells you about the aliens. And so you, as somebody who's a gamer, is like, oh, okay, well, I'll stick around for that. Yeah, that sounds a, like a lot of fun. Like, how, when have like we something... ever seen aliens in a Zelda game? Yeah, like, that sounds like something I want to be involved in. So sure, I'll, I'll totally do that. But then you also do need, like, by the time you get to... Uh... 
by the time you get to the to the, the the Zora section, you do have to have like a number of bottles, and you do get a bottle from that quest. And you know what? That's actually one of my complaints about this game. Because this game is smaller than Ocarina of Time, there's less items. Um, and so there's six bottles that you can get throughout the game. And seven like, in the 3DS version. Seven in, seven in the 3DS version. I'm sorry. Who's using that? Who's using... Who needs seven fairies? You, do not, you don't even need one fairy. In the, I don't even think I ever used a fairy in this game, except for one point, and we'll talk about that later. I don't, yeah, I don't think I ever used a fairy except for one point in this game because it's not a super... Like, it's like it's mentally super challenging in con like intellectually challenging, but it's the mentally challenging. Not hard. It's mentally challenging, yeah. but you're not going to die a lot. Yeah, exactly. Like, like the, the 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 actual fights in the dungeons are are just are just that, right? They're just fights in dungeons. There's Zelda fights in Zelda dungeons. Because the challenge um, is like the concept. It's like okay, but you have to get this dungeon done by this time, or else the moon's going to crash into the world, and then you have to start all over. Yeah, exa exactly, exactly. So that's like, that is the big looming danger that exists throughout the entire game. But as soon as you figure out that you can play the song a time backwards and slow down time, that that also just doesn't matter. It's just there to be there. It's just there to, to fill the atmosphere. And I love that. Well, and if like, and if you play this game like as often as like you and I do, you do kind of get into a rhythm of being like, okay, I've gotten to this checkpoint I'm going to save, I'm going to go back to the beginning, and then I can yeah, start from like, here again. Like, anytime like, you're about to go into a dungeon, I always start on the beginning of the third of the first day. Like, I didn't I didn't use a guide this time around, which I, I usually do for, like, one or two quests, um, uh, but I didn't use a guide this time around. I just kind of, I just kind of flew, you know? I just flew at the, by the seat of my pants and just went and figured out, like, where I needed to go, and I just, like, I talked to people this time around. It had been a couple years since I played it, so I just made sure I was talking to people. Well, and, like, everybody has, will give you, like, a little bit of information, but it's often, like, information about themselves and, like, what they're going through and what their experiences are. And totally. Like, most video games, you stop into a village, you talk to people, and they'll be like, hey, did you know that drinking potions can give you health? And then it's like, okay, they're just talking about, like, the mechanics of the game. But this time it's like, oh, man, like, my fiancé's gone missing and I need to, and I just got a letter from him. And isn't this weird? And it's like, this is weird. It's like, kind of like reading a good book where you're just like, yeah, I just want to, I want to see what happens next here. Yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. So, like, they introduce the characters to you in a compelling enough manner that every side quest inadvertently, accidentally becomes a main quest. Because it's important to you, the gamer, to do to play it. Well, and you, like, and you want to, like, you want to fight the aliens. You want to make sure that the Goron baby isn't crying anymore. You want to, like... Uh, you want you want to like put on a one man concert in the milk bar. It's just stuff that's fun. Like the rewards are never really like a. They're all they're usually like oh you usually get like a mask that'll make you that'll let you do something else somewhere else or you'll get a heart piece and the rewards aren't why you're doing the thing. Totally and um, I just like with this game I just feel like every time I play it. There is just like there is an emotional response to most 
things that are most of the things that are happening. Um, but I, I think that this game is, is, is masterfully crafted and it's masterfully crafted because it was intentionally made to be not only unlike Zelda, but unlike anything. Yeah, because there's still not games like this. Like, you'd think that, like, after the success of this game, the next game would have, like, incorporated some more quality. But no, the next game, they're like, no, we're going to make it big and cartoony, and now you're sailing around. It's like, okay, then. I feel like this game kind of started the tradition of every Zelda game has a new and weird concept. Oh, okay. I thought for a moment there that you were talking shit on Wind Waker, and I was like, you were treading very, very dangerously. Oh, there. dude, no, I love Wind Waker. Oh, it's, it's flawless. It's it's more flawless than Wind Waker than Majora's Mask. But like, well, that's another that's another conversation for another day. Um, can I let's talk about some of the stuff that like I don't really love about Majora's Mask? Okay, let's um, do it. Disclaimer, before we talk about this, and I'm sure that you and I will engage in conversation about this, I understand that some of my problems are things that were addressed in the 3DS version. Um, but do you want to know what my biggest problem with Majora's Mask is? What? The save system. What the actual fuck, Nintendo, are you doing? So in the N64 version, you have two options for saving. Number one is you play the song of time and you go back to the start of the first day. So if you have to save while you're in the middle of doing something, um, fuck you, I guess. And it's kind of like you. that in the 3DS version still. You can see, like, you can still, like, fully save your game at the Owl statues, though. Yes, and in the N64 version, you cannot do that. You can quick save at the Owl stations, but I will never use quick saving because I think it's a dangerous thing. Uh, I think like I don't trust quick saves because I've had games or like uh, like gameplay or like game time erased because I didn't utilize the quick save properly. Well, and I think the reason that they did that is you can ruin your game if you save your game like one second before the moon crashes into the in into Clock Town, then you could potentially like ruin your save file. Yeah, and I think that's why unfair. they do it like that. Yeah, and you know what? Totally, totally. I, I get that. Um, that being said, even if you did it one second, I think I think if you were skilled enough, you'd be able to get that ocarina out in time to play the, the song of time. But yeah, I get it. It's just like in Ocarina of Time, you open up your menu to change your items out, and then you just like push B instinctively to get out of the menu, and it's like, oh, oh, it wants me, it's asking if I want to save. Might well, as it well. takes literally a quarter of a second to do it. So why wouldn't I? Yeah, and that's that's the one thing that can be said about this game versus Ocarina of Time. And there are a few things that can be said about this game versus Ocarina of Time. I mean, smaller, fewer dungeons. Uh, yeah. Definitely, like, you, do, you by the time you get to the last boss, you don't know, like, the last boss as well as you do Ganondorf. But I also, but you also do in a way too. Like there is like, because Ganondorf kind of appears a lot in Ocarina of Time just to be like, hey, it's me, I'm Ganondorf. And yes, I'm fucking with you. Whereas Skull Kid appears at the very beginning of the game and then he's just present for the rest of it. Not really engaged in it, but present. That's true. You can kind of feel his presence throughout the game where it's just like, oh, you know, he's fucked with people over here. He's doing this. He's doing that. Uh, these yeah, people are I'm mad like, at him for this reason. 
Yeah, and like like you'll go and talk to people and they'll be like, Yeah, I got cursed by some imp in a mask. And you'll be like, Oh, so a skull kid, or like or like some idiot thrust open the doors to the stone tower and you're like, Oh, I it must be I wonder who that was. Yeah, bizarre. Um that being said, um let's talk about the dungeons in this game because there's four of them, which is significantly less than Ocarina of Time. Uh, but with the exception of one of the dungeons, which we'll talk about in a moment, uh, these are these are fucking phenomenal. They're phenomenal dungeons. And they're okay, I thought you were going to go the bosses. other way here. Uh, yeah, these no. are some of the best dungeons in the series. I will also say the same thing about Skyward Sword. I think that's a game that's like very flawed, but it has the best dungeons in the in the series. Barf, dude. Gross. No, it doesn't. But moving on. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so the first one is like the shoot what's it called it's like the it's like the forest temple in this game it has like a it has an actual name but i forget it it's the um, southern swamp yeah yeah sure the southern swamp one um this one is really really good because it introduces the concepts of dungeons but oh oh wait 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 before we talk about dungeons we have to talk about one more thing i i, I can't believe that we haven't even like started on this yet um before we talk about dungeons for context, we need to talk about the major mechanic of this game, and that is masks. Yeah, like that's in it's in the title of the game. Uh, yeah, the transformation masks. It's something that I like. I had I was not expecting it to come from this game at all. So like again, you think oh a sequel to Ocarina of Time, you pick it up, and right away they're like, haha, fuck you, you're a Deku now, and you're like, I don't, I didn't know that this was a thing that can happen, and yeah, and that's kind of how they fill out a lot of your inventory. Like as yeah. a go like as a Goron, you can push things that are heavier. It's kind of like having the the silver gloves or as a as a, a zora you can like you have like boomerang fins which count as boomerangs yeah and like and like i love that they do that i love the idea of ocarina of time setting up the like existence of a diverse world with different races and then putting you in the shoes of each in Majora's Mask. And it's a little surprising that they haven't done this since, with the exception of Twilight Princess. But even then, it's like, it's pretty You're shallow. Yeah, it's pretty shallow yeah. compared to this. And like, don't get it's me wrong, not... I love Twilight Princess, but Twilight Princess is like the emo teenager in like the corner reading Edgar Allan Poe, whereas Majora's Mask is Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, that, that's that's a fair comparison. I'll accept that. Why not? Um, but uh, I love the idea that you can put on the Deku mask and like the masks in this game, specifically the transformation masks, act as items because the because there's less items in this game um, and there's more tra and there's more masks. Um, you can put on the you can put on the deku mask if you see like like a flower that you can burrow into and fly out of and that is a mechanic and that is how they kind of position a lot of the dungeons and like the um like the puzzles inside the dungeons is like you're going to be using a mix of your items and your latest transformation mask. That's how this is going to work. And it's really good at teaching you how to do those, use those transformations too. Like again, totally. like you see a flower, you aren't like, oh, look, it's a flower. You immediately are like, okay, I've got to like do something with this flower. 
Well, one of the first rooms in the entire game is when you're playing as a Deku and you're trying to like get to the clock tower, um, like right at the very beginning. And like one of the first rooms is just this room with a door high up on a cliff and there's just flowers everywhere. You have to figure that out. You have to put two and two together or else you don't continue the game. And it's at that moment that you realize that each of these transformations that you get in this game are going to diversify the gameplay. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it's not just the like tr the the transformation masks. There's also like masks that make the game easier, like the bunny hood. I cannot play this game without the bunny hood because, like, first it, of all, it's always it's always like one of the first things I do. It's fun to run, but it also cut like again. You do the song of time backwards, and then you get the bunny hood. And what the bunny hood does is it essentially doubles the time you have because it doubles your speed. Yeah, which uh, which I love. However, I do think that there is a detriment to that. Uh, and the detriment to that is that it makes uh, the use of Epona pretty useless. Yeah, like the only thing that she's needed for is to jump over like one or two gates to get into the ocean. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, there are, however, two masks that I find to be incredibly useful in this game. Number one is the bunny hood. I don't think anybody can ever even begin to question how useful the bunny hood is. Um, but there is another one that I find that, that it, to <laughs> me, it's, it's one that I don't even think you have to get it, but it's so useful that you should. And that's the stone mask is super, super useful because it allows you to be unseen, um, which uh, there's um, similar to Ocarina of Time, there is a segment in this game where you have to uh, sneak around a Gerudo palace. And if you're using the stone mask, it just makes it so much more bearable. The interesting thing, though, is in the 3DS version, you find the soldier that gives it to you in the Gerudo fortress. So they do that on purpose because you find him in a kind of valley in the N64 version. And there is like and it's one of those things where it's like uh, if you didn't know that guy was there, how were you supposed to know that guy was there? Yeah, exactly, because you have to use the lens of truth. The only thing in the N64 that, like, version that, like, even signifies that anything is there is there's a rock circle. Yeah. That's that's it. Otherwise, you would have no idea that guy was there. Um, and there's yeah. a few of those things where it's just like, man, how was I supposed to know that? I, I agree. I agree. But I think that this game, this game... It, it elicits a response from people that would be like, if even if it's like, how was I supposed to know that that was there? The game kind of puts you in a mood where you want to check if everything is anywhere, you know? To the to a point, but like I'm thinking about like when you get to the Icana Valley and you have to play the Song of Storms, which you got from underneath a grave. How were you supposed to know that you were supposed to put on a skeleton mask and talk to skeletons that'll open the grave so you can go down and learn the Song of uh, the song of Storms? Oh, man, I'll be real with you. This is my personal favorite side quest. I know, what was the one you said was your favorite? Uh, the Romani Ranch? Romani Ranch, yeah. Yeah, my favorite is the, the, like, the captain's hat where you play, like, a... I think it's the song of healing and then you heal like the giant skeleton and then you have to chase him. I love that part. That's not a side quest though. That's like main quest stuff. Do you have to have the captain's hat? You have to have the captain's hat so that you can get into the grave so that you can get the song of storms. 
Oh yeah, you're right. So that is main quest. Um, it feels side questy. Like anything where you get a mask, I assume is a side quest, even if it's like required. Um, but yeah, that actually does make sense. Um, now that you've said that, you're the right. Things that are side. One of the like two of the side quests that I think are fantastic, and I love what they did with it, were the uh, sculptural houses. Oh man, this this is the best. This is the best because let me tell you something. On my most recent playthrough of Majora's Mask, I got every single Skulltala. All of them. Yeah, every I last always, one. And I always do. I always me do. Me too. We're playing through Ocarina of Time. I'll be like, I'll get 10 to get the big wallet, and then that's really all I need for the game. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Uh, another thing I, I don't quite like about this game is that um, money in this game is kind of just like... A, useless for the most part, and B, uh, really easy to get. It's uh, I don't just... know if it's useless. I think it's way more useful than it was in Ocarina of Time because, like, again, <laughs> I can't fair, think... Fair of... enough. It's also useless in Ocarina of Time. I'm trying to think of, like, in Ocarina of Time, when do you need money? Like, there's, like, one or two parts where it's like, oh, you need to pay X amount of rupees to get through this, but that's it. Yeah, well, in Ocarina of Time, you can also buy, you can skip some of the main quests by buying the tunics, but they're quite expensive. And I usually don't get enough Skulltulas to even get the big wallet. Like, I usually have, like, the 99 wallet at the end of Ocarina of Time, and it's, like, fine. You know? Yeah, like, there's not really much use of whereas like in this game there's like at the very least something you need rupee there's some things you need rupees for like you, you need, need you need rupees you need, rupees you need like 500 you need 500 rupees if you want to get the all night mask yeah and that's and that's like the only time i can really think of where rupees were useful however because that's like the only time i can think of and 500 rupees is, is such a large amount of money that you need not just the first wallet, not just the second wallet, you need the third wallet in the game to be able to afford that all-night mask. Which Otherwise, you, get you can't from the carry 500. Which you get from the Skulltula house. Correct. And so, like, it makes the Skulltula house, Skulltula house feel really organic and fun. Yes. Um, so now we've done that, let's talk about... Let's talk about the dungeons. Uh, the Southern Swamp one is great because it introduces you to the concept of the game, and it introduces you to the idea that the game's dungeons are going to be utilizing a differentiation of you playing as Link and you playing as whatever your most recent transformation mask is. Perfect. Excellent. Uh, but then there's Odawa, and he is the first boss. And Odawa is a bitch. He sucks so much. Um, he sucks so bad because when I like, um, I know, I know. However, from watching like some YouTube videos recently, that Adalwa is quite a bit different in the 3DS version than he is in the N64 version. But in, but in both the, versions, he's still pretty easy. Yeah, in this, in I believe in the 3DS version, there's like a mechanic where you you have to burrow as a Deku scrub to hit him, right? Yeah, yeah, and you have to fly yeah. over him, and you have to drop a, a seed on his head, and then that knocks him out. And then he has a big glowing eye, because of course he does, that you have to hit a bunch. So Adalwa in the N64 version can just be like, there's not flowers on the ground, or at least if there was, I didn't use them. 
um, because a Dalwa in the N64 version can be hurt by pretty much anything that you have. So all I did was I pull out my bow and arrow and I just shot at him from a distance until he died and didn't get hurt at all. Like a brave, he brave sucked. man. Yeah, exactly. To be fair, I usually don't get hit by Goma in, in Ocarina of Time either. It's a first boss. I get it. But also, there's only four bosses in Majora's Mask, so it's a bit different. Well, and you think about, like, by the time you get to Goma, you've only been playing for, like, half an hour, 45 minutes maybe. Whereas, like, this, mm. like, first boss of this game is quite a bit further into the game than uh, Goma would be. And yeah, the thing I, that I, I think... Thing that I think this game does really well is like I wouldn't call it necessarily padding, but there's a lot of things you have to do to get to the dungeons. Yeah, yeah, I agree totally. I and you know what? I like those. I like I like most of it. I and like most of it. They make it interesting because if they didn't, it would have been useless padding. But they oh, it's always filled with like interesting characters that you do want to help. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, which in this in this instance it was like there was a monkey who was wrongfully charged of murder and you're trying to clear his name um by like by going and saving the princess that he supposedly murdered uh because she's still alive and and like that's really cool and it brings you it brings you to that temple and like the monkey gives you the song to open the temple yeah. um I also think it's worth noting that uh, the, 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 the little attention to detail in this game is excellent and how they utilize it in the fact that your transformation masks each have a different musical instrument that they play when you, uh, when you use the ocarina. So uh, when you yeah, use I the ocarina cool. as, a, as I... a Deku scrub, you're playing like pipes. And then there's drums if you're the Goron or a guitar if you're the Zora. Now I love how like the guitar, like I love how the guitar is utilized in this game. Just like, cause I love uh, Macau, I think is the character's name. I love yeah. that you have to be like a rock star Zora. Yeah. And that's, and like, you're like, you're like the, the lead guitarist for a band that's well known in this area. Like it's very interesting, very unique. Um, so the second part of the game is when you go up the mountain and when you go up the mountain in this game you find the goron village um and i like this side quest okay-ish um i like this one okay-ish uh i hate the baby dude i hate the crying baby it's it's so awful it is so much worse than the crying baby in yoshi's island it just <laughs> it's it just like screaming bloody murder and it's way long. It goes on for far longer than it needs to. It's horrific. Um, yeah. But then um, later on in this quest, you uh, like after you do the dungeon, there's more to this Goron Village quest where you can unlock the better sword, which I thought I wasn't going to do because to unlock the better sword, you have to do... You have to fight the boss you have in to the fight dungeon. Go twice, yeah. Twice. So you have to do it twice. Um, but this time around, I was like, you know what? That I, I don't think that super matters, and it's not inhibiting. And you know why? Because the boss is fun. The boss is really fun. It's it's the best boss in this game by a long shot. Is is go, is got and um, 
the big giant electric goat that you use your Goron power to smash into. And it can be fought a few different ways. And I, li I love that about this game, that this game gives you options and it lets you play with your, with your inventory and see what does what. It's so fascinating. Um, but that temple also is one of my favorites, all the temples of all time, where you are like climbing the Goron Tower um, up to the top where you, where you find God. Um, that, that is awesome. I love that temple so much. Um, uh, I think, yeah, I think it's a really good temple and a really interesting use of like, it, there's one central room with a giant pillar and you have to figure out how to move around this pillar. It goes up, it goes down. You have to punch some parts out. Like it really is like one of those Zelda dungeons where you have to figure out the temple. You kind of have to like untie the knot of it, if you will. Yeah, totally. And you, and you really have to like, like I, like I almost had to use like a notebook to like keep track of which stones I'd already pushed, how far I could go up. Um, and that's really, every, really... and that's every dungeon in this game. And like, and... I know that you don't probably don't like the, uh, the North, the North Bay temple, but I love it. So I think the crux of why these temples work really well is that, um, playing as a Deku is really fun. Playing as a Goron is really fun. Enter the third chapter of this game, which sours the rest of it. Because the third chapter of this game, from the second it starts to the second it ends, fucking sucks. It fucking sucks bad. Um, first thing that you'll notice. First thing that I notice about the third chapter is that, and again, I'm playing this on the N64. The Zora controls like shit. It's absolute garbage. It like. It's it's so hard to swim. It is so hard to feel like you're actually in control of the character. It sucks bad. Then you have that quest where you have to go and find the eggs. Hey, okay, I will give you the egg quest. That is an annoying quest. Yes, that is zero fun. That is zero fun. And you know why it's zero fun? Because by the time I get to that to that quest, I usually have three maybe four bottles but i sure as shit never have six which is how many eggs there are that you have to put into bottles so inevitably what you're doing is you're going in you're getting three of those fucking eggs you're going back to the great bay observatory you're putting the eggs back you're going back to the pirate hideout to get the last eggs and then you go back to the observatory. Then you have to go and get the last two eggs in some other stupid fucking place because someone lost them. Why is this? Why is this so not fun to play? Okay, I agree with the anger, but like I don't have this issue anymore because I know what's coming. So I always make sure I have four Ugh. bottles by the time I get there. And you know, four bottles and, is and the amount that you need. It's it it is enough because you go to the Great Bait or you go to the Gerudo Fortress. You get all the eggs there. You go back. You knock them off. Uh, make sure you get the one thing you have to remember is you have to remember to get a picture of one of the Gerudo pirates. Oh, I didn't do that. Why do you have to do that? Because you have to give it to the guy who will then give you the uh, who will then give you the seahorse that'll lead you to the last three eggs. Oh, I didn't do that. I I just found the signs for the i didn't do that at all i i just found the signs 
under the water and just kind of followed them blindly and fucked up a bunch of times until I eventually got to where the last eggs were. Oh, really? You never do the thing with the seahorse? Well, okay, well, the seahorse will show you exactly where you have to go. Didn't know about it till this very moment. Oh my god, that's so weird. That's like when you were playing through, you were talking about like, oh man, in this first like section, I have to wait a bunch because like I finished everything and I don't have a uh I don't have an instrument yet. And I'm like, well, don't you? Why don't you just go dance with the scarecrow? And it's another one of those things where you don't know on your first playthrough that just makes life so much easier if you know about going in. Correct. And this is kind of what I was talking about earlier, how this game's like a fine wine. Like, you got to play it a few times to really love it. Um, yeah. And then uh, that brings us to uh, the Great Bay, uh, the Great Bay Temple. And the Great Bay Temple is, like, the worst. It's so, it's so awful. It's I like, they like, were like the Great oh, Bay Temple. I think it heard... is an interesting concept. They were like, we heard that you guys didn't like the water temple, so what if we made it way worse? And I was like, <laughs> oh, god damn it, guys. Like, the Great Bay Temple is so unfun. But unfortunately, it doesn't end there. Gyorg is the worst boss in the game by a lot. Okay, yes, this is also accurate. It is, he, it is such an unfun and... Aren't like uncharacteristically difficult boss fight, but the problem is it's not difficult because it's genuinely challenging, it's difficult because most of the boss fight forces you to go into the water. Which, again, may I remind you, the swimming mechanics aren't that great in this game. Again, I don't remember if it's better in the 3DS version, but it's it, they, actually, the they actually did not fix it in the 3DS version. In fact, they it's did kind bad. of they made it a bit more frustrating. Oh, perfect. Okay, so then my point stands. This sucks so bad having to swim in the water. But what sucks even worse about the Gyorg boss fight is the camera. Because this game this game also has another glaring problem that I'm going to discuss now because this is the first time that I realized it was a problem. Um, and that is every single thing that you have in this game, most of the items that you get... And all of the transformation masks all have one thing in common, and that is they all consume magic, every one of them. You are, you are constantly consuming magic in this game, whether you're using the fire arrow, the ice arrow, using the lens of truth, you're using the transformation masks. Well, that's what masks. all the bottles for, so you can get green potion. Yeah, but I, I'm not going to go and buy green potions every time I reset in the, in the, in the instance. You know, like that just, especially because it's a game on a time limit, that just feels like a waste to me. So I never do that. And there's just like, there's not enough magic in this game to make up for how frequently the game wants you to use magic. Um, and this is a big problem specifically during the Guy Ogre fight, because there is magic in one spot in this fight, and that is in the water, super far against the wall. But because the camera doesn't allow you to keep your eyes on Gyorg the whole time, you jump into the water and you go to get that, um, that magic, which you have to land and break open the, the, the jar and get the magic that way. And guess what? Gyorg is faster than you, and he will come out of absolutely nowhere and eat you. So in the 3DS this version, is... the Georg fight is, I, I don't know how to pronounce it either, is Georg, George. Yeah, the George, George fight is completely different. And you know what? It's still the worst fight in the game, even with the it's... changes. 
It's it's just it's it's so awful. It's zero fun. I hate this part of the game. However, however, after that, you go to chapter four, which is by far the best chapter of the entire game. By Dude, there's so much good in that fourth chapter. Oh, the Akana Canyon chapter where like there's all the zombies and you and find the you little girl to, like, living in that like music box house by herself. That's like that's like really really emotional that that part. And like it's her like dad the... has like turned himself into like a zombie somehow. And but like... she loves she loves her father so much that she keeps him in the house and lives in the house by herself in constant fear because she she just loves her father too much. Like that's that is tough, dude. That is it's... tough to put in an E for everyone game. Yeah. Well, this whole game is about death and sadness and like loss and it's a yeah. really interesting aesthetic for like the zelda series which is usually like upbeat and triumphant and aha we're going to go on a grand adventure where this time it's like you're gonna go on a very sad adventure yeah um <laughs> yeah it is it is like that i want to address that for a moment because I had, while I was playing this game, I had my girlfriend point something out to me um, that I didn't really think about. Um, and then I looked into it, and apparently this is, like, a real thing. But in the time that I played this game, which was probably the span of about a week I was playing this game, um, my mood was, like, severely affected. I was really irritable. I was, I was, I was like more depressed than usual. Like I would snap and get angry at things. And I looked into it and apparently this game does like psychologically have that effect on people. You shouldn't and have done that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like uh, <laughs> it's exactly, it's exactly like Ben drowned, right? Are like, we going to talk about something... Ben drowned? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, no, I don't know. It's not really part of the game. It's just like a fake. <laughs> creepy pasta the fake creepy pasta about this game that's like really really creepy it just look up ben drowned it's super interesting it's yeah it's like how long is it like an hour i have no idea it's it's, it's a wild way to spend an hour and it's and it's genuinely unnerving but like it's also fake so whatever it's fake but it will make you be like lose an hour of sleep for sure yeah it's like it's uncomfortable um but yeah, so apparently this game does have that effect on people that it like it does genuinely affect your mood in a negative way. Um because because the game is so depressing and dry. But there's a lot of hope still in the game though. Is like which is why which, which is why, why the ending works. is the best. Yeah, the the ending is like so bubblegum pot happy. Everything works out for everybody. And it's the way it had to be because the the rest of the game is so depressing. Yeah, exactly, exactly, totally. And um, that's but that's what you're working for the whole game. You're like, I want these characters to have their happy ending. I want, like, I want to save this happy clock town from like imp from like an impending doom. Mm -hmm. So um, I said that God was my favorite boss fight in the whole game, which stands completely true. However, the Stone Tower Temple is not only the best temple in this game, it might be the best Zelda temple ever. It's fantastic. Like, the it's, concept it's, it's, of it is amazing. 
It's it's unbelievably good. It is such a great Zelda temple. There is there is absolutely nothing about it I would change. It's challenging enough, and like and challenging in a, enough mentally, not like not like gameplay or mechanics wise. The game forces you to think and really understand your surroundings because you then have to take that understanding of your surroundings and flip it. And th like that's unbelievably genius. Um, the boss in this one is is okay, I guess. Um, twin mold. I I like I the also... concept of the giant's mask. Now I think I like how they did it better in the original version over the 3DS version because in the yeah. 3DS version you don't have a sword to swing around. Yeah, you have to like pick him up by the tail, right? You have and, to like, pick swing. him up by the tail, which sounds like sounds like it's probably a better concept, but it wasn't executed as well as I would hope. Yeah. Whereas, like in the in, I really like the N sixty four version, uh, where you're, you put on the giant's mask, you go, you beat the living crap out of these things as long as you can until you run out of magic, then you get get small again, and you wait for like one of them to break a rock, and then that will reveal more magic. You can put the giant mask back on and just give them a pummeling. Um, the reason I think this boss is only okay is that it was far simpler than I remembered. Like, Georg was, or George, or whatever you want to call him. We'll call him uh, George. Was, we'll call him George. George was, like, way harder. Like, way harder um, than, than Twin Mold. And Twin Mold, I just kind of, like, destroyed both of those worms, like, pretty quickly. Oh, see, it's actually quite a bit more challenging in the 3DS version. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I, I didn't really have, I didn't really have any any issue with it which was unfortunate because i loved the temple that it that led up to it so much um however this was the temple where i was going back looking for magic the most because you have to use the light arrows a lot in this temple um as well because it's the final temple and you don't receive a transformation um the final temple is genius because it utilizes all of them all three yeah, Which that's true, and it is kind of like a cool final temple. Yeah, um, and then you get to, like, what I would consider to be, like, because I'd say this is the last temple, but there's, like, a final temple. Does that now, make there's sense? A, there's a final section, but you really only get to explore it if you have all of the masks. Yeah, and, and even if you have all the masks, you're really only exploring it for, like, I don't know, it took me maybe 20 minutes to do all of it. So basically, like, at the end of this game, you either get a fun, challenging final boss fight, or if you have all of the masks, you get, like, a fun, challenging final, like, challenge using yeah, you all get, of the you transformations. Get, um, you, get, you get a dungeon, and um, you get sort of like a dungeon with four different rooms that are based on the four different temples. Um I really, really like this section of the game with the exception of one thing, and that is the final Goron challenge is so awful. I It's so terrible. I hate it so much. It's the one that takes me the longest. It's a the pretty Zoro big pain. Is, yeah, the Zoro one is fine. Um, the Zoro one just requires a lot of, like, um, trial and error, so it's fine. Uh, the Deku one is about as hard as anything in the Deku palace that you or the Deku temple that you go to in the Southern Swamp. So it's fine. 
Um, the, the one you sport- play, the one you play as like yourself, though. I think it's it's not necessarily that it's hard. It's that there's one section that if you run out of bomba chews, you have to start all over again. Oh yeah, yeah. You told me about that, but I didn't. I didn't run out of bomba chews, so I didn't like have an issue with that one at all see i did once um, but like it's cool that in the 3ds version you can like there's an owl statue on the moon so you go inside the moon which is weird as fuck at the end of this game and there's like this sort of like this sort of like 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 this weird like requiem for a dream visual of like this cozy like large oak tree and like like a ha- it's like, bunch of happy kids playing around this like green meadow but they're all wearing like the adalwa mask and the got mask and stuff like that so it's still uncomfortable and unnerving um but then let's get to the majora fight um because i have never i've never beat the majora fight like as the like as god intended yeah, me neither. And you know why? Uh, because there is something so satisfying about the way this game ends. And that is, if you got all the masks, you get what's called the Fierce Deity Mask. Because Majora will be like, oh, you don't have any masks? Well, that's not fair. So here, you can just have this one. And it's the Fierce Deity Mask. And it and is you strong use- enough that like, it, you can, like, there is no defense against it. Yeah, I love the idea that it was like that Majora was like this imp who was just kind of fucking with people. And then you get to Majora and you're like, hey, I'm going to fucking kill you. I am going to destroy you so hard you won't even be able to blink. And that's exactly what you do. You absolutely decimate him. If you think Adalwa is easy, dude, check out Majora. Majora's a bitch, dude. I mean, I it's I am. It looks like a challenging boss fight if you do it without the fierce deity mask, though. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know what? I've never, I've never tried, so I can't speak to it. Me neither, because it's like, well, I have all the masks. I might as well get this last final epic mask. Because like, I always want to get all the masks because I always want to solve all of the village's problems. Yeah, me too. Me too. And the game, the game offers you an experience that like makes you want to just do it all and that's just like so rare and 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 uncommon for a video game i can't think of many games maybe like banjo kazooie has that sort of feel as well where you kind of just want to do everything well with banjo kazooie Um, you might as well do everything because you need almost everything to get to the end of the game yeah well and you need almost everything to be able to like like double your health and get like better eggs and more eggs and feathers and, and all that rickita rackita yeah but yeah i I don't know man i gotta i gotta be honest there's uh there's a couple of issues that i have and i think most of my issue comes with the fact that the side quests are far more interesting and fleshed out than the main story because the main story is like whatever i guess you know it's just like bad guy temples you know it's just it's zelda but like you do Um, feel like you feel the effects of the main story in the side plots totally absolutely and and that and this game is i think i've said this a few times but this game truly is special for that reason and i think i think that if if you if you don't like it that's fine i think i get that i I would totally understand why somebody not like 
might not like this game. They might not like the gameplay, the tone of the, the tonality of it is like very different than most games. It's like, yeah, it's not a pleasant experience for everybody for sure. But like, if you love this game, you love this game. Yeah. It's like, it's, 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 it's far and beyond better than Ocarina of Time. I agree. I would agree with that for sure. It's, it's way better than Ocarina of Time quite a lot. And like, oh, um, that's not talking shit about Ocarina of Time. That's still a great game. It's more just a testament to how good this game is. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's about all I have to say about this game. What about you? Do you have anything else? I, I do not. Uh, however, I do know how I'd like to score this. Uh, how are we scoring it? 24 masks. Oh. 24 masks. Okay, then I'll give it a 20 out of 24. Wow, really? I'm gonna give it a 24 out of 24. I love this game. I'm, I'm, there's some, there are definitely some things that like I could turn people off. Some things that like, oh yeah, maybe that was a weird thing to put in a game. I, I, I think 20 out of 24, pretty good score. I just think that there are things that I think are maybe a little bizarre about this game, but they don't bother me enough to take away from the overall experience, which is super good and positive. That's fair. Yeah, I, uh, Majora's Mask. It's it just simply is one of the best games of all time. I'm gonna give it the uh, the rare perfect score, 24 out of 24. Okay. Oh, and we didn't talk about this mu- the music in this game at all. The music in this game fucks. It it's flawless. Yeah, and that's how Ain't we'll end. Wrong with it. That's how we'll end it. The music in this game fucks. All right. And before we go, I do have to mention real quick. I do have an album. Uh, my first stand-up comedy album, Son of a Drama Teacher. Mark McHugh, Son of a Drama Teacher now available on Bandcamp. and that's going to do it for this week's episode Mark and Bradley thank you so much not only for taking the reins and covering me while I was away on holidays but for getting this mother fucking game off my back I'm never going to hear about it again I don't care you all can fucking send letters to my house and call the cops and get the FBI on me or whatever the fuck our FBI hears in Canada CSIS or whatever the fuck they are I do not care I am never talking about Majora's Mask there it is and I would just like to come in for the record and say it fucking sucks and I hate it and now Bradley is a former Remember the Game Hall of Famer for saying how good this game is fucking done it, oh no you know what got Bradley kicked out of the Hall of Fame for saying that Mario's Missing is actually good in the intro and yeah you fucking said it Bradley because I had to listen to this episode so I could edit it and I say nay nay sir so now you two can just go fucking start a McHugh Hall of fame somewhere and put your dad and his stupid soccer song in it because you're both banned but thank you so much for the cover i appreciate it and for the love of christ if you're listening to this check out mark's comedy album son of a drama teacher on Bandcamp. you go check it out he's a fucking beauty and it is actually very very funny because mark is very very funny uh what else have i got to plug i don't think i have anything else to plug because i this is literally as i'm recording this is tuesday afternoon and it's the first time i've been sitting at this microphone in two weeks so i don't have anything to fucking tell you other than i'll be back tomorrow 
with expansion pass. And uh, for all you patrons, patreon.com slash remember the game. If you're interested, two bucks a month gets you two additional podcasts every week. I even cover them when I'm on holidays. I make sure you get your episodes. So uh, I'll be back tomorrow to record expansion pass number 120, where we'll look at the video games that are coming up in the second half of 2022. I'll be back with a new episode of Game Patch, my gaming news show on Friday. And I'll be back next week with remember the game number 206 that I have no idea what it's going to be about right now, but I'll figure that out between now and then. I'm going to shout out some Patreons and get the fuck out of here. Mark and Bradley, thanks again. You guys killed it. And every single one of you nerds listening right now, thank you for the support. I appreciate it very, very much. And I'll talk to you again soon. Cheers. Goodbye. Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not puke up all the content I turn out every week without all of your support. The following people are subside, or subscribed, subscribed, subscribed at the Senior Executive Vice President level or higher at patreon.com slash rememberthegame, and I'd like to take a moment to fuck up all their names and thank them all personally. So a huge thank you to, I haven't done this in a couple weeks, this is going to be ugly. Makeshift Mallow, Magic Money the First, Joe Buck, Sharonic, Andre Keegs, and his stupid arrow handle, James Clark, Dave McGee, DNA Gaming, Slick Rick, Doug Dorn, Charlie Medeiros, Andrew Wright, Jordan, The Good Enough Gamer on YouTube, Fraser Burns, Lil Bunny Fufu89, Angry Ticks, Dave Thompson, No One Cares, Brandon O'Brien, Aaron Lawson, Matt McLean, Nathan Trombley, A Town, Morgan. Zane Donovan, Ryan Kinchin, Mike Maloney, G9PSX, Wolfgang Darren, Sam Wright, Andy Hudson, Chris Coplin, Doogie, WolfMagic21, Johnny CCDC, Joe LeBlanc, Squints, Titan420, Zonko504, Russell Aldridge, Depp Bergeron, Captain N, Game Nomad Misi, Daniel, Tunable Power, John Woodruff, Just a Fish, Noob Q, Super Dad Bros Podcast, Enzalo, Holmes, Zach Shepard, Chris Dickin, Matthew D'Amico, FrostyFeet492, Triple, Austin Cook, Elijah Burns, Stephen Parnell, Ray San Wontongo, Zach Coiner, DBXJ, Jameer Williams, Steve Dalk, Phil McCracken, Trav H, Mizuru, Nicholas Chaffee, 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 Nicholas, David Marcus, Phil Lencher, Ruben Elizald, Eric James, Riley Turvey, Jake Carter, Mexican Johnny, C-Spin, Thomas Smith, Nicola, Munch Makuchi, Leroy Westrich, Dark Squall, Jerry the 3D Printed Sawstrich, Evolva, Sean Ramos, Boston Porksword, DB Cooper, Stud Still Smash, Mojo the Helper Monkey, Brant Hewitt, Gabe, Dan Fuselman, Aaron Mitson, Decoy Man, John Jameson, Tyler Nightmare, Blaine the Hoagie Man, Terry Douglas, Bucky Duck, Benjamin Swiller, Pet My Peep, Podcast, Tristan Team the Great, Hegel Waffle, Kayach, Jimothy, Joe Stone, Chris Williams, Orokusakis, Gardener, I almost said Orokusaku, which that's sacrilege. Orokusakis, Gardener, Nicole Novak, Cody Richardson, General Fury, Salty by Design, Jason Workman, Dem Boys on the Roof, Max Lagroom, James Juan Francesco, The Jamadian Nightmare, Matt Hamilton, Nomad, James Black, Sam Carpenter, Nerdy Hybrid, Tug Jones, Aaron Adam Fletcher, not Aaron, Adam Fletcher. Colin Bollinger, Justified01, Lucas, Joey Mercury, You Lick My Butt, IR Jackal, Thirand, Isaias, Timmy the Exuberant Turtle, Lance Jones, Brian Neese, Christian Gabriel, Big Poppy Logan, John M. Watkins, Tally311, Beef Dingleberry, Michael Barjudina, Barjudina? Hitchy Poo, Dan- Daniel Matthews, Arctic Fission, Rumaldo Marquez, Connor McCann, Mark Naley, and Darren Dickey. Dude, I haven't done this in a couple weeks, and that was fucking... I need to get back in shape. Either way, thank you all so much for the support. Fuck me. I'm leaving. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you next time. Purple Monkey Dishwasher and Majora's Mask sucks. Yeah.